if you've been wondering where I've been, I've been graduating Elon University, so sorry for the last week I haven't posted, but you know what day it is, it's hope day! Say it with me, it's hope day! I'm your host, Luis Mueller, and welcome to another episode of Loaded Talk, where we load the bases with MLB's hottest topics, and waiting for us on first today is one of MLB's hottest teams. Who's on first? Yes. I mean, the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? Why are you asking me? For? I don't know. So I wanted to start today's show with a little bit of a bittersweet segment. I told you so, Boston. I told you. Now, the reason why I say it's bittersweet is because... I was able to be better than Boston fans. All the ones that were like, oh, the season's over. It's It, it was way too early to say that. One, two. You guys were all over... Not all of you guys, but a, a lot of Boston fans were over-exaggerating. Trevor Story sucks. Pulling him out of games. Get him out of lineup. So on and so forth. R worst contract ever. Okay. Since May 8th, when you lost against the White Sox in a three-game series sweep, you are 10-3 and 13, 10 in your last 13 games. Right, the key players in that 13 game run, obviously Rafi, Mini Poppy, Devers. You know my main man's. He's slashing a 400 average, 431 on base, and an 891 slugging. That's not an OPS. That is his slugging alone, 891, which is absolutely ridiculous. He scored 14 runs and 14 RBIs in that 13 game span, Rafi. Right next to him is J.D. Martinez batting almost 500 in this 13 games. He's batting 490 with the on-base of 527 and a slugging of 735. So not slugging as much as Rafael Devers, but not all of us can slug at like a 900 pace. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Christian Vasquez also a key player in this in this run. The pitching has been a little iffy, so maybe he could get better behind the plate, but offensively, He's slashing a 351 average, 385 on base, and a 405 slugging with four runs scored and six RBIs. Trevor Story also red hot in this lineup. But this is what the Boston Red Sox do. We all knew this. They score a ton of runs, and they're going to score a ton of runs. They're an offensive first kind of team. They don't worry about pitching. They've outscored their opponents 95 to 58 in this 13 games. Pitching, to put this in perspective, right, 58 runs in 13 games averages for about four and a half runs scored against you. The offense is so good that they're scoring 7.3 runs per game. So they're, they're outscoring their opponents about three runs more per game, which is crazy considering that the fact that their pitching has given up almost five runs per game it's it's stupid we always know that the Red Sox are offense first but when that lineup gets hot and that lineup starts gluing together and they start actually stringing at bats together I mentioned Rafi Devers and JD Martinez last week when I talked about the Red Sox starting to turn the ship around but Christian Vasquez starting to find his his bat again and Trevor Story finally after the the horrid slow start for for a Red Sox he's turning it around he's hit all of his home runs in this in this last 13 games so Red Sox fans if you gave up on Trevor Story you gave up a little bit too early the the story was barely written we're only in the introduction let's be honest here but when Nathan Avaldi's the the front of your rotation when he's the ace you're gonna have an issue with starting pitching the Red Sox bullpen is also 
kind of shaky, but I mentioned last week they had a couple of good arms. Matt Strom, uh, Jake De- uh, Dykeman, or Diekman. Um, I can't say his name right ever. Um, but losing Chris Sale for a lot of time, I don't think I've seen Chris Sale fully healthy for a year since 2018 when they won the World Series. So Tanner Houck is supposed to be that replacement. He's basically Chris Sale from the right side, but he doesn't even go long innings or long long in games. He'll go maybe two to four innings in a game. He's only gone at least five innings twice this whole season so far. He's not known as a starting pitcher that's going to eat up innings. He's known to get you maybe two or three innings of two-run baseball, which isn't terrible, but it's no Chris Sale replacement. No way you're going to replace Chris Sale with that. So Boston's team overall resides in how potent that offense is going to be and how scary they are at the plate. But if their pitching clicks, because, for example, Eovaldi just gets randomly hot and becomes a Cy Young candidate for like, a what five game stretch is kind of crazy they're almost unstoppable when everything clicks at least when the pitching kind of is serviceable for the Red Sox they're almost unstoppable because that lineup is so dangerous and so potent and they're not even at full strength yet think about it Kike Hernandez and Alex Verdugo are still ice cold still ice cold Kike Hernandez is starting to come back into his own form, batting, I think, around 240, 250 in his last 13 games or seven games. So that's what you kind of expect out of Kike Hernandez, kind of like a low average uh, gap kind of guy, maybe 15, 20 home runs a season, maybe. But you're really relying on his gold glove defense and his flexibility as a player because he could play almost every infield position and the outfield. But Doogie, on the other hand, you're expecting him to rake, and he's not raking at all. He's actually starting to pick it up a little bit, but it's still like, Doogie, come on, man. Like, we're paying you for to hit nukes, and you're not hitting nukes. So all this team needs is a playoff berth, let's be honest, because with offense, anything can happen. We saw them make the playoffs last year after missing out in 2020, and then they made it to the ALCS. They beat the Yankees and the Rays. So step one is completed. You turned the ship around. You did the 180 degree turn. Step one complete. You got story accustomed to to Boston and the ship has sailed. But now you got to make the postseason and that's going to be a hard step. Especially because you're in one of the toughest divisions in the league. They at least has teams like the Tampa Bay Rays who won the division last year. The Toronto Blue Jays who have been kind of stumbling out of the gate but they're they're hyped up as a team that's going to be a top contender for a World Series. And then the Yankees, who have the best record in the league currently. We'll get to the Yankees next on second base because All Reliable is out for the remainder of the season. I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first oh, base? Oh, no, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time! So I mentioned All Reliable last block. What? Who is All Reliable for the Yankees? Aroldis Chapman? Zach Britton? No. Garrett Cole? No. DJ LeMayhew? Aaron Judge? Well, maybe Aaron Judge. But in the bullpen, it's Chad Green. It was announced that Chad Green is going to be out for the remainder of the season because he's getting Tommy Juan. I mean, Tommy John surgery, my fault. He's going to. What, what? This is what the Yankees are going to be missing in Chad Green, okay? If you guys don't know who this is, you should. If you're a Yankee fan, you should know who this is. He's one of the most reliable arms in our bullpen right now, in my opinion. He was throwing around, I think, a 3 ERA so far this year. 
And he's been one of our go-to guys in a lot of tough situations since the 2017 playoffs. I mean, if you think as far back to when the Yankees rebuilding was over, when 2017 Aaron Judge had 50-something home runs, D.D. Gregorius hit the three-run home run to tie the game in the bottom of the first in the AL wildcard game, the only reason why that game was even close is because Chad Green came in with one out and two runners on and shut it down. He struck out two in a row to keep the game 3-0 in the top of the first. And then Gregorius came back and he had a game-tying three-run home run in the bottom of that, uh, the bottom half of that inning. In those five to six years as a Yankee, since 2017, I'm not including 2016. It was a little bit of a rough uh, breakout year for him. But since 2017, he's had a sub-three ERA in the bullpen. A 2.96. And here's the most impressive part of all of that, in my opinion. He has a very flexible role. The dude could literally do anything out of the bullpen. He played as setup to Aroldis Chapman in his normal, occasional role. That's his stereo, that's his typical role to be the setup for Chapman. Bridge to the ninth inning so Chapman could shut it down. Maybe not now. Maybe Michael King, maybe actually Green would have been in those situations because Chapman's a little shaky right now. But we're not going to get into that. He was also an opener in 2020, if you guys recall. Luis Severino has been hurt for the last two years. The Yankees have had issues in their rotation, the depth in the rotation. So instead of running a five-man rotation, they ran a four, and Chad Green was a fifth as an opener. He did that for some time. He was a long-relief guy to eat up innings. I mean, that's kind of similar to being a being an opener, but in my opinion, being a long relief is different than starting a game because <laughs> you're coming in the middle and then you're eating up innings in the middle as a long relief. But as an opener, you're starting the game. It's a completely different feel. And then he was also someone to just come into games that were being just being out of control from the from the mound. He was there. He was called in to stop the bleeding in early whoopings like that AL wildcard game I mentioned earlier. It's a tough loss to that bullpen because, like I said, he's all reliable. It's a guy that we can call on in many situations and honestly, with many different skills and uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, benefits for the Yankees that is just now gone for the rest of the season. And that's why, in my opinion, since the last time I've recorded this show, I believe that was last Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was last Wednesday. The Yankees had the best pitching staff in the league. They gave up the least amount of earned runs at that day, last week. Now they dropped from first to third. They had a large lead against the Dodgers too. And they gave up that and then some. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've been struggling a little bit is because the bullpen has to deal... It doesn't sound like a lot for a bullpen to lose one reliever, but when the reliever is so effective and so valuable as Chad Green is in that bullpen because he can be put into so many different scenarios, it really does strain and it strains the arm of a lot of the other relievers who aren't used to the larger the larger workload. And it also strains a lot of the relievers that aren't used to being put in those situations that Green was put into, which is also leading up to Michael King. Michael King in his last two starts, in his last, uh, not starts, in his last two appearances has given up five earned runs. To put that into perspective, in 23 and two-thirds innings to start the season, he gave, he gave up only four. 
in his last two appearances, which are only about, I think, three innings long, no more than three or four innings, he's given up five earned runs. So I think because we have to rely on Michael King a little bit more due to Chad Green being out to Tommy John, his ERA is going to, you're going to see a little blip in the ERA, but once he gets used to the workload, once Aaron Boone figures out who to put in those situations that Green can no longer be a part of, the Yankees pitching staff will figure it out. Zach Britton's also on the uh, on the IL. When he comes back, he can he can be that guy for Chad Green because he's an experienced veteran. Arola Chapman hopefully could be that kind of guy, but he's been struggling so far this year. I don't want to get too much into it with Chapman because I didn't do too much research on it, but he hasn't been your solidified. We got this. Like Liam Hendricks, in my opinion, also this year has been a little shaky. I've been a little too busy to watch the games live, but I assume that's why the bullpen's role as a whole kind of has shifted since they lost or reliable or Chad Green. So like what I'm trying to say is Chapman hasn't been being put into close uh, to close games. He's been being he's been put in to games that are tied. And then they'll they'll lose. He's not going into games with the lead anymore. It's interesting what the Yankees are doing, but it's working. So keep on doing it. Was last season a fluke for the big people? Was last season a fluke for the Gigantes? Let's find out on third base. I didn't even mention a guy's name on third base. Yes, All right, then who's playing third base? No, who's on first? I'm not asking you what's on first. What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's third base. Last year, the Giants won 100 games, and they just got swept by the San Diego Padres. What happened? What even happened? I have no idea, but I think it's a little too early to call last season a fluke because this team is still really good if you look at the team overall stats. I don't look into the advanced analytics. I'm still trying to learn a little bit on the advanced analytics before I bring it into the show, but it's way too early to call it a fluke. But I will say... It definitely doesn't look ideal. It's not great. The pitching has been borderline atrocious, San Francisco. If you didn't know that, you just blew a six-run lead to the Mets. I don't know how you didn't know that. You just did last night. Yeah, you won the game, but you blew the lead in the seventh or eighth inning. It was 8-2, and the final was what, 13-12? How did that happen? You had... you you. You needed Jock Peterson, your best hitter, arguably, right now, to hit three home runs and score eight RBIs to win that game in the ninth inning on a walk-off. Your pitching needs to hold some runs back, bro. You give up, like, what, five runs, maybe, for a change? Jeez. Let's 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 stay in single digits one time. It's been three straight games that this pitching staff has given up ten or more runs. Ten runs to the Padres, I believe like thirteen runs to the Mets, and then twelve runs to the Mets, or eleven runs to the Mets, something like that. It's ridiculous. They have five guys that I really do see that have taken a huge I, I I don't even want to say step leap backwards this year. They've almost doubled their their ERA their combined ERA. Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, Anthony Descafani, which is the back end of their main rotation, and then Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee, which they, those two were a part of a three headed horse that they used to close games. Duvall, Rogers, and McGee. 
Last year, those those players, their combined ERA, Cobb was on a different team. I will I will admit, Cobb was on a different team. I'm pretty sure Alex Wood was also on the Dodgers, or he was on a different team. I think last year, not 100 percent sure on that. Got to fact check me. But either way, these five combined ERAs, <clears throat> excuse me, 3.25 last year. This year, almost doubled to a 6.26. That's a huge change to take all at once for a team. And especially at the foundation of a rotation and your your go-to guys in the bullpen. Those are the guys that they relied on last year to keep games close if they needed them to be close. Or to keep leads intact. This year, that's not happening. They're They're giving up the leads or they're making the deficit even larger. What I think is happening... Now, again, I haven't looked into the advanced analytics. Maybe their spin rate is going down. Maybe they're not locating as much. Um, maybe they're they're not, for example, Tyler Rogers. He relies heavily on deception. Maybe he's not actually getting down enough, and he's not deceiving the hitters enough, or the hitters adjusted. I got to look into that a little bit more. But what my, my first impression, or what my first prediction, I guess you can say, is, is that Buster Posey retiring really hurt this pitching staff. Last year, he caught 113 games. He played in 113 games, and I'm pretty sure he caught in every single one. Maybe he DH'd a few. But give or take 113 games, he played. Kirk Casale's a great defender, but he's not playing 113 games. There's only 49 games that Buster Posey missed out on last year. And those 49 games... Might have been the 49 that they lost. <laughs> no, obviously not. Obviously not. But losing that leadership and that experience and the the veteran aura or the veteran, uh, I guess, uh, just the the feeling in the locker room with Buster Posey and the feeling in between the battery, between the pitcher and the catcher, if you don't know what a battery means, it's probably significantly different and as a pitcher you're probably significantly more confident in my opinion with a catcher who has numerous gold gloves now again not taking anything away from Joey Bart or Kirk Casale because they're also great defense defensive catchers but Buster Posey was a different breed let's be honest but speaking of the of Joey Bart the fart he cannot hit water if he fell out of a cruise liner in the middle of the Atlantic. The guy slashing 171, not 179, that's better, 171, a 308 on base, so he's walking a ton. The guy is walking. He's just not getting, he's not finding green. And he's slugging 342, so he's not hitting the ball hard. He's not, hitting the, he's not finding the gaps as much, but he's walking a lot. He's making a lot of sacrifice flies. Again, his defense isn't bad, but he's no posy. He's not of no real Posey. And will he become Posey? It's looking shaky, especially in the, to start this season. I think right now it's a lot of responsibility for Joey Bart to kind of take in all at once. You go from splitting the backup role with Kirk Casale last year or maybe even just full-time in the AAA. I'm pretty sure he was just full-time in the AAA last year to then splitting half and half of an MLB season with Kirk Casale and losing Buster Posey as that, I guess, base piece to kind of fall back on if you are struggling. That's a lot of pressure for a new guy. 
especially a top prospect. So cut him some slack. Hopefully he'll figure it out because he is a top prospect. He is very talented. He is very strong. And he is a good defender back there. But again, he's no posy. And again, not not again, but it's not all bad. There's silver linings all the time. Last, last time I talked about, I think it was the Red Sox. I was saying it was rough for the Red Sox because he had Doogie, he had Kike, and he had Story who were struggling, but he was kind of turning around. But now it's the Giants. Silver linings. You got Luis Gonzalez. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who he is, but he's raking. He's slashing 338 average, 385 on base with a 475 slugging. And I'm just going to go through the last couple uh, silver lining players that I, I, I got out of for the Giants because I'm running out a little bit of time. You got the Yaz, Mike Yastrzemski, 308 average, 402 on base. So he's walking a lot with a 477 slugging, and he's also raking. He's been hitting the crap out of the ball. I already talked about Jacques Peterson. We don't need to talk about that all-star. He already has a slugging percentage around, I believe, 800, 900. He's hitting 255, so that's right around where you want Jacques Peterson. Their rotation and their pitching staff isn't all bad. They do have some gems in the bullpen, but I want to talk about their first two guys out of the rotation, Carlos Rodon and Logan Webb, who I was talking to Carson about it earlier. They're not performing to their best of their ability, but they are performing well. Carlos Rodon has a 3.43 ERA. He could easily throw up a sub two. We saw that last year. He has a 1.16 whip. It's just... Probably adjusting to a new park, a new team. Uh, and then again, I think, honestly, the the ERAs of the Giants are kind of bloated a little bit right now because of the loss of Posey. I think they're kind of still in the midst of adjusting of, honestly, a blindsided retirement. Uh, no one saw that coming. I, I, no, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Logan Webb also sees his ERA bloated from last year to a 3.54, which again is above league average, but it's not what logan webb can do we saw what he can do last year he could do much better the bullpen it has its pluses like i said but overall it's just been a real freaking struggle for the giants and uh it's it's just moments in this season where you see the giants could be that 107 win team again like last night they 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 clawed back and they won even though they gave up that six run lead they looked like an actual postseason team staying in that game and winning that game but then you see the giants like they were pre-covid terrible like for example last night when they blew the six run lead yes it was great that they stayed in the game and they ended up winning the game but blowing a six run lead is not okay and no one wants to see a really bad giants team unfortunately that's clears the bases on this episode of loaded talk i'm your host Luis mueller and i graduated college last week so congrats to my alma mater catch you next time